Hey, yeah, welcome to another episode of the Man City Voice podcast. I'm Peter, and uh, this is an episode in the wake of Man City's 1-0 victory um, away to Spurs at the um, at Wembley Stadium on the NFL um, weird, <laughs> kind of bobbly, totally destroyed, um, and kind of those weird faded NFL painted lines pitch. Um, but yeah, so in this episode... Uh, we didn't do one in the wake of the uh, the Shakhtar Champions League match. So uh, the first port, first port call is going to be the, the Spurs game. We'll have a, a review of that. Um, see what I thought about the game. Um, see what the, the how kind of each each player got on. Um, general thoughts. A few kind of incidents. Um, and then we'll go back. We will review. Um, we will review the um, the Shakhtar game as well uh, because actually I think the the Shakhtar game was probably the, I mean, Pep said it, but probably, yeah, one of the best performances that I've ever seen um, City City play. So I think it's worthwhile going back to that. Uh, but yeah, first up, the Spurs game. Last night, um, 1-0, a really, really impressive victory. Um, I mean, you can't say anything more than that. Spurs played really well. I think one thing to note from that Spurs team last night was um, was their, their centre midfield, their kind of middle three um, of almost of basically Sissoko, um, Dyer and Dembele. I know kind of Sissoko's playing kind of wider but he t- tends to come in the middle as well. But it just just the power and the kind of the pace and how and how big they were. Um, I think that really uh, I don't know if it shocks it, but I think we uh, Spurs always give us a good game like kind of Pep mentioned in his press conference and a lot of City fans remember. Um, it when we went on that great run when Pep first was uh, City's, became City's manager a few seasons ago, um, Spurs were the team that stopped us in in our wake at the old White Hart Lane and played really well that day. Deserved to get to get the game. Kind of had our number in many, in many respects. Kind of Poch did a did a number on Pep that day. But I think yesterday Pep did a number number on Poch. There's a few incidents. Obviously Spurs had a, a couple of really good chances, um, but so did City. Um, obviously, that you know, we'll kind of maybe reflect back in a minute. But you know, just when Silver probably should have shot, and he's passed to Sterling, and um, there was a, a few other chances as well. So, but I just think I just think this victory is kind of an overall point. I think this victory it just goes to show just how well and how well drilled and how professional we are, and just how well defensively. I know that we've kind of mentioned this before, um, and a, a really good. Um, Writer and I think he, he does some blogging as well. Stephen Tudor's mentioned this um, in a recent in a recent article of just how well City's defence has been this season. I think we always, um, when we think of a Pep team, you always think of that high press, that quick kind of turnover ball. And yes, that was a um, uh, it, it's always a feature with Pep teams, but probably not so much yesterday. Um, Spurs did have a lot of the ball, particularly in the second half. I think we, you know, I think the possession roughly yesterday was about 60-40 in the first half for City um, I'm not too sure what it was in the second half but I'm pretty sure um, Spurs had more possession in the second half um, and it was definitely been around 50-50 so um, so yeah just just a really really good def- kind of defensive display and particularly from that kind of triangle that kind of middle triangle of Stones, Laporte and Fernandinho I mean, Fernandinho yesterday um, I'm not going to do ratings, but Fernando, I'm just going to kind of assess assess performances because I actually kind of think, in hindsight, ratings are a bit kind of. Meh. Um, but I think it's important to kind of 
uh, highlight maybe some of the best players of the match and then some maybe the players that um, could have done better, shall we say, or kind of areas for improvement or people that just had absolute howlers. So, yeah, yesterday, that kind of middle three of Fernandinho, um, Stones and Laporte. I um, mean, Stones and Laporte, they absolutely bossed it at the back. I mean, kind of Kane is a really good striker. A couple of really impressive hold-up um, plays from, from Kane, but both Stones and Laporte pretty much dealt with him really, really easily, I would say. Um and yeah, Edison was pretty much untroubled throughout the match. But again, you know, his kind of his distribution, particularly for that first goal. Um, and like I kind of tweeted about at Soccer PM, um, I kind of it, you know, it's a bit of a hit and hope. But what Edison does is he puts it is either really accurate two feet or two, you know, so somebody running onto it, um, or he just puts it in an area where he asked questions of the defender and that's what he did with Trippi and Trippi was unable um, to answer those questions you know the, the former city the former city academy boy um, you know he, he should have could have really kind of headed that out um, but Sterling put him under a little bit of pressure and obviously from that um, it it Sterling ran onto it um, he done a great bit of skill kind of almost kind of lured Trippier in um, I mean I know they went through it on Monday Night Football how Trippier should have shouldn't have got beat there, and clearly shouldn't have got beat there. But you know the thing was with, the thing with Sterling is his feet are so quick that you think the ball's there, one minute's there, and the next it's just not. It's just plain gone, um, and so's he. <laughs> and that's what happened yesterday. And yeah, it wasn't great defending from Trippier. I think um, you need to give praise where praise is due for kind of great attacking playing. Sterling got got round Trippier, like you know, put him under that, put him under pressure, um, got into the box. And then Trippier's got a decision to make. Does he um, does he go? Does he try and win the ball back, which uh, effectively he tried to do, um, and Sterling's got round him, or do you kind of try and uh, maybe jockey, or you wait until Sterling comes into his right foot? But that has danger as well. Obviously, we know how dangerous Sterling can be by cutting him from that left side. Um, he's pretty adept at kind of at find, at finding the goal from those situations. So. Um, yeah, just I think Sterling. I thought Sterling was going to have a really good match. Obviously, from that kind of first like five, you know, first ten minutes when we got the goal and um, he looked a bit dangerous. And I think he had a bit of an up and down match. Obviously, there was that chance when. I mean, in fairness, I don't really know why Silver's passing there in that, the second half when we had the chance late on to make it two 0 I just don't know why he's passing there. You just hit it. You just you know at the end. Of the, I know there's players in front, but you try and pick a spot or hit it high. Um, and just try and smash it into the net. He's instead he's passed to Sterling, who's got just as much as a, uh, a chance of getting it in. Um, and in the end, it, I think it was a good it was a good block. But um, I think that's kind of one of the things. You know, you know, I won't have a bad word said said about Sterling, but uh, not Sterling. Um, Silver, David Silver. But I think the one thing that I suppose that you could say um, about David Silver is that. Um, even though he got lots of goals last season, it, it, the, I suppose the goals were more um, kind of more. I'd say more like kind of Lampard-esque goals, where you're kind of timing your runs and getting into the positions rather than kind of exquisite finishes and that kind of thing. I think that's perhaps um, you know one of David Silva's probably best ever goals was actually when he was playing for Valencia against Chelsea at Stamford Bridge, and he kind of rifles it from about 30 yards um, into the into the corner. Um, he's never really done that um, for City that that much, so. Um, I think that's kind of the one thing, even though he got goals last season, obviously assist as well, that's kind of natural with, with uh, Silver's game. Um, yeah, he's 
I suppose, I suppose he, he could be a bit more clinical but I suppose he just hasn't got the power in the left foot you know he's not a collar off he's not, <laughs> he just hasn't got that power in the left foot so um, but you know, overall I think um, Silver had a, had a good game you know he was comfortable never really looks um, in in trouble or anything I think we did even though De Bruyne when he came on didn't have his best game I just thought I thought Pep could have made the change earlier um, and I did tweet that out and I thought I think it just was so obvious that towards the last kind of five ten minutes of that first half, that Spurs were starting to get a bit more of a foothold in the match, um, and I think Pep could have made that that change earlier. Um, I would have perhaps made a different change. I think think Bernardo Silva was quite in the game. Um, I think Mares, apart from that mistake that he made, um, that knit that it almost cost us a goal. But we'll, we'll come back to that in a sec. But um, I thought he was he was always a threat. He looks really confident in the moment. The last few games. Um, that's what I've noticed with Mares, and I think when he looks confident, that's when his kind of skills and when he, he, he comes to the fore and he sort of looks like he belongs in that side. Whereas I think at the beginning of the season, it was a little bit up and down. You kind of thought, actually, is he going to going to fit into the side? Is he going to gel? Um, but I think his partnership with Bernardo Silva on that kind of right hand side, both left footed, both cutting in. I think initially for me it didn't really work. I think it's starting to work now. Um, but yeah, I mean, like for me, I think we could have done with De Bruyne in that central um, central midfield position. It just, just just for his pace and his power and his physical presence. Like I said, they had Dias, Asoka and Dembele in there, who were all six foot plus, all absolute mountains, all beefcakes. Um, and I know that you know that's not it's not necessarily kind of Pep's way. You know, Pep had his way. Maybe he'd have a kind of a, a team of kind of Iniesta, Xavi type, David Silva types um, that are you know five foot eight, nine, ten. Um, and just really skillful on, on the ball and like to, like to keep the ball. But I think in the Premier League, especially on that pitch where actually some of the skill and guile that you that you can perform as a you know when you're playing on an absolute carpet kind of goes out the window a little bit. And it kind of did yesterday. You know the pitch it was bobbling around. You could kind of tell some of the, the the first touches weren't quite weren't quite there. And even if they were, they're kind of bobbling around, and you couldn't kind of spray it around as 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 City do. And I think you know in stages they did. They kept the ball when they had to. Um, they kind of ground down time. I think one of the really impressive things, it's kind of just a little bit of a minor thing, but one of the things that I do notice is that when it, the game is close, which is kind of not that often really, let's be honest, with City matches generally um, against kind of 80% of the league, um, we're generally kind of two or three goals up, or if not more, um, towards the end of matches. So we don't have to kind of play the game out. But one of the things we are really good at is just kind of keeping the ball and grounding out time. Um, whether it's kind of being a you know a bit kind of smart and just grinding on time by taking extra time over um, goal kicks and throw-ins and that kind of thing, or just kind of playing it into you know playing it into the corners or kind of just yeah trying to keep ball. And I think that's one of the things that we we are we are really good at and we are really professional at. And I think one of the things that that's a bit of a change I suppose um, from the kind of Pellegrini Mancini era. I never really kind of got the impression that we would play that kind of. For me, it's like that kind of being ultra professional about it and what I mean by ultra professional is doing what needs to be done to win the match um, but in a kind of sensible way and not kind of maybe going away from um, your either the style of play or the things that you've kind of done in training so I think that's one thing that City have just been really, really, really good at, um, and think they continue to be good at and that's one of the reasons why we lost um, that's, we beat Spurs, sorry, last night so yeah, and I think, um, and like I said, the the main main players for me in terms of um, playing well yesterday were those kind of middle three, so Laporte, Stones, Fernandinho. I think uh, David Silva had one of these kind of like seven slash eight out of ten games. He's just 
always there, ever reliable, never really gives the ball away, never looks in trouble, always finds space. Um, he's just, he's an absolute maverick. I mean, and also, you know, it's, it also is kind of, it's closing down of play and that kind of thing. Um, you wouldn't think he's kind of in his early 30s. Um, and the same with Fernandinho. I mean, that guy has got an absolute engine on him. What? Oh, it's just, it's unbelievable. I mean, I don't know who we're going to find to replace this guy. Um, but he needs to be some player. Um, I think there was some ridiculous, stupid tweet from somebody just kind of finding probably, there's probably just some Liverpool plan for Liverpool fan um, wanted some clickbait but <clears throat> suggesting that this Fabinho is you know he's had one or two games and he's done more in those two games than Fernandinho ever has in his career I mean um, that guy if that's a real statement <laughs> really doesn't understand A doesn't understand and probably never seen Fernandinho play and has also never seen his kind of his, his honours list because seriously Fernandinho um, is his honours list is pretty spectacular um, even if you take away all of his, his you know his two Premier League titles his three League Cups um, that he's won with City um, and all the caps that he's won with Brazil um, he's he won everything in the Ukraine League as well kind of multiple times over so this is you know this is not some um, you know I don't know not some kind of player to be under you know kind of undervalued or undermined he's literally you know realistically he's probably one of the most important players for City probably the I mean I think he's up there with Edison and you know Aguero effectively because you know Aguero gets gets the goals without Aguero you know where would we be yes we've kind of got to Gabriel Jesus but he's clearly gone off the boil this season a little bit for me I think he you know he I think in little little spurts he has looked sharp, um, but just overall he hasn't looked. He just hasn't looked as good as you're not getting the goals. Um, so I think I have faith in Gabriel Jesus. I, I really like him. I think he's got plenty about him. I think in terms of his overall game, I think he's probably potentially a better standard than Aguero. But actually, it's that kind of goal scoring clearly where Aguero wins out and wins out heavily you know Aguero's goal scoring is he's probably the best striker the Premier League has ever seen and when I mean striker I mean out on striker you could argue that you know Omri was a striker he's also a creator as well Omri would get you know 30 goals in a season but he would always get kind of maybe between you know 10 and 15 assists as well um, whereas Aguero's not quite like that I think he has he definitely you know does um, does get his fair share of assists but in terms, he's not, you know, he's not that creator. He's goal scorer at the end of the day. And I think he's the best that the Premier League's ever ever seen. Uh, like I said, Edison as well. So our kind of three most important players, Edison, you know, where, without Edison, where would we be? Where would we start attacks? He kind of sets the ball rolling and sets almost the um, kind of the mentality, I would say, for the team. Is that mentality, you know, if you had a keeper that's going to constantly hoofing it out or not confident on the ball, um, then you you can't play the way that Pep wants to play. He wants to bring the he wants to bring teams onto us. He wants to create space behind that kind of between you know wants to create space between the lines so our players can kind of you know find that and basically create kind of counter attacking positions. Um, and without someone like Edison who does it to the you know the highest well the most elite level that you're going to do it. Um, then where would City be? And that's, you know, that is Aguero and Edison are you know, two of, obviously, the most important players. And then you've got Fernandinho. And without Fernandinho, I literally think we, you know, we wouldn't be getting 100 points. We wouldn't be winning the league. It's because it's not like if you put somebody else there, they can't do kind of, you know, a bit of a job of what he does. But he's just so important. He puts us on the front foot. 
he does so much work and also he's just kind of little I think some of the things you just underestimate it's little balls that he plays the play, like Silver and, and, and De Bruyne gets generally gets us on the floor gets us into those positions he's just clever and smart with it um, he has the odd, odd occasion to give the ball away and that kind of thing but I think you know most most players most players do I think you can kind of criticise him too much for that but I just think he he overall um, is just yeah he's just he's just one of those reliable players he's got such a good engine and I think somebody that's kind of I think he's 33 now um, I just don't know who I haven't really seen other than someone like a kind of a Kante who was clearly going to if you were going to prize him for Chelsea um, it's going to cost a lot but you know who knows I mean Chelsea look like they're doing well at the moment but if they have another season perhaps where they don't finish in the Champions League which is um, which is likely you've obviously got you know United won at the weekend Spurs are kind of close by Arsenal on an amazing run at the moment they weren't obviously during the weekend but were on an amazing run of wins Liverpool obviously up there with City on the same number of points so, so you know three <laughs> like two or three teams are going to kind of miss out are going to miss out big time um, on Champions League so and that could be Chelsea you know you, don't, you know, they obviously started well at the moment um, but if they have another season of, without Champions League what's that going to mean for Hazard's future what's that going to mean for Kante's future because these are players that should be playing in the Champions League and I think for, for me only someone like um, Kante um, if you take out players that um, will have you know potential effectively if you take out those sorts of players I think Kante is kind of the only one that really for me fit, um, will feel kind of for Fernandinho's boots Um and it's just his energy. You know, someone like kind of Casemiro for Real Madrid, for instance, is is a better kind of defensively, I would say, maybe perhaps kind of positionally. But actually, he won't have the same. If he was in City, he wouldn't have the same impact as Fernandinho because what he brings is a high energy, puts us on the front foot, um, and it's just so. You know, I think it's, his overall play is just so positive that I can't see many other players kind of having that impact I just think he's so important and yes players like De Bruyne and David Silva and one you know Sterling and Sane they're important for City but as we've seen with the um, with Kevin De Bruyne being out injured we've coped with him um, it's not to say that you know maybe with him in the side maybe we'd have won every game and we'd be we'd be clear at the top um, in terms of points but um but we can cope without, you know, if you miss David Silva, you miss Devin Bourne, you miss Bernardo Silva, you've got players that can come in and fill that void. We've got kind of Gundogan coming back as well. So, um, and Foden, not clearly, he's on the bench, even kind of going down to Diaz. You would think that they could do a job if a swinger was missing or an attacking midfielder or whatever, even if Stones or Laporte got injured. Ultimately, and company coming in, they're not bad replacements. I think where we're clearly lacking is a decent replacement um, backup goalkeeper for, for Edison you know, Bravo kind of is that person is, is that goalkeeper he's clearly out injured and just hasn't had a good time of it at City for whatever reason um, although you know despite kind of winning the League Cup last year um, and playing, having a big hand in that but um, and then you've got no, pretty much no backup for Fernandinho I mean Goodwin can play there um, and I think more and more you'll see obviously John Stones um, Pep towards the end of the Spurs game Drops John Stones, kind of instead of having playing kind of like effectively a four-one-two-three, whatever you want to call it, um, or four-one-four-one, whatever. Um, he kind of inverted it a little bit, so rather than having kind of two attacking midfielders, he had two defensive midfielders. So it's Fernandinho alongside John Stones with company replacing Stones at centre back. Um, 
and and yeah, and I think the Stones can do a job there, but you know, clearly he's just not not as mobile, not as quick. Um, Stones has got other kind of attributes, and he's big, and he's very dominant in the air, um, and he can get about the pitch, and he has got some nice nice passes in his in his um, in his locker. And I don't think Pep would trust him or put him in that position if he if he didn't think he, he can play there. And I think well, I think for Pep and that kind of comes with the you know comes with the territory there are very few players in this in that squad probably the three most important that I talked about really um, Aguero Fernandino Edison that probably can't really play another position um, you know you wouldn't really kind of put Aguero kind of out wide or whatever clearly that's really stupid Edison's clearly a goalkeeper and Fernandino whilst he probably could play um, he probably could do a decent job at like right back or whatever you wouldn't you just wouldn't play in there because he does so well in the in the position um, that he's in so um, so yeah, I just think um, go, you know, kind of going back to specific to the match, I was I was actually really impressed with Spurs. I think they gave us one of probably the best game of the season. Um, I know Liverpool drew against us, but I don't really think. I think they were very. Def- Firstly, I think they were very defensive against us. They didn't really kind of create too much. Um, and I know it's really hard to break down a City team. But I just think in terms of overall play and trying to kind of bring it to us effectively. I think. Spurs have done the best job of, of that this season. I think against Liverpool, we were dominant. Um, we were we were very dominant. There were kind of yes, spurts where probably the, hat, the first kind of 15, 20 minutes of the first half, and maybe the first five or ten minutes of the second half, they had. Um, I wouldn't even say more of the game, but they had a better chunk of the game, and we looked like we perhaps on a couple of occasions perhaps concede or find ourselves in tricky situations, but. I think um, in the main, for the most part of that game, we looked in control and we should have won it. We had plenty of chances. We had the missed Mahrez penalty. Um, realistically, we should have won that game. Um, and against Spurs, we sh- you know we did win. We should have won. We had the most chances, but obviously they had, I think they had the Kane chance. There was that moment when Sissoka was through on goal. I think somebody there that's kind of a little bit more clinical, um, and somebody that's a little bit more... Um, yeah, just somebody that's kind of has that kind of eye for goal and that kind of predatory instinct. I think they would have, um, they would have, perhaps gave us something more to think about. Um, I just, you know, think he didn't. Um, Sissoko, I, he, he just for the moment he found himself in that position on, on kind of like right hand side um, where Mendy just went disappearing. We'll come on to Mendy in a second, um, but. He just didn't look like he wanted to kind of go for goal. And I think, so. you know, if that's Aguero or De Bruyne or something, he, they're smashing that. As soon as they're getting in the box, they're absolutely smashing that across the keeper and trying to score. Um, but Sissoko, you can kind of tell that he wanted so he wanted to cross it, he wanted to pass it, and in the end it kind of fell to nothing. Um, and, yeah, their other, their other big chance was obviously the um, was obviously the Lamella chance, or I think it was about the 80th minute. And, oh, boy, the irony. The irony that... They Spurs, you know, they mess up. They kind of totally mess up their stadium. They're supposed to be playing in their stadium now. It's still a building site. I have no idea what the hell was going on there. They should have just said, "Look, we'll play at Wembley for a whole another season." Um, you know, it just. I think just from like the Spurs fans' point of view, surely you want to kind of have that anticipation and excitement of almost like the whole summer or oh, going back, just making sure everything's right, making sure going back to the stadium, brand new, brand new season, that kind of thing. Yeah, it's not ideal being at Wembley or whatever, but I just kind of think they were promised that they'd be in their in their stadium. They're not in their stadium. They had to kind of rent Wembley off the FA for God knows how many million, and it's just. It's just really weird, isn't it? It's just kind of like a really weird situation. And then they have all these NFL matches, 
um, and the NFL match literally played the day before the, the, the Spurs City game, the, the, the pitch gets actually cut up to, you know, God knows what. looks absolutely horrendous on the TV. Not only the kind of the state of the pitch, all the markings, the NFL logo, it just looks horrendous. And then, and then, oh, the irony of all ironies, the moment that they have in the match with 10 minutes to go to try and equalise, try and get something from the match, and then potentially push on and win the match, and the pitch almost comes to City's aid. It's just beautiful. It's, you kind of couldn't... You, it was almost... You knew that something like that was going to happen. And even though little things throughout the whole match you could say, kind of, the whole match was impacted by, by the state of the pitch. But that one specific incident where they can come back into the match, they can get the equaliser, like I said, potentially kind of push on after that with 10 minutes to go, plus splash stoppage time. And Lamella balls it up because it bobbles, it literally bobbled to him. Yeah, he, he should finish, he should keep his eye on the, eye on the ball. Um, but it's, you know, it's, it's difficult. It's a high, high level sport. He thought the ball was going to be somewhere. He swung his leg at it. It's just rose a little bit and it's just gone over the bar. So, um, and these are the margins that you're talking in kind of professional sport. It's, um, and you know, it's a difference almost between a winning, losing, drawing, etc. And, and it's just, it's just beautiful that it kind of almost happened like that, where the pitch comes in, um, comes into play, so to speak, um, on a really, really important part of the the, the match. But, um, but yeah, no, I just think um, overall, really, really great display from City and I think if you will look back on that match we do go on to kind of win the league or do do you know do something special this season um we'll look back at that match um and think that not a turning point because we've done so well already um but just as a as a victory where you can kind of hang your hands and say that was one of those performances where we looked like champions and yes they had that chance with Lamella but they didn't have too many more Kane I think had one touch inside our penalty box and I think combined their other attackers had like totals like four or five and you know that's that's how dominant City are with their defensive display and you if you think that you know for effectively you had Kyle Walker and Benjamin Mendy who really didn't have their best games in a City shirt. Far from it, let's put it that. I mean, Walker did okay. There was a kind of like petulant moments um, from him. And I think he kind of, I think playing against Spurs, I think yesterday kind of got the better of him. I think he was really up for the match um, because of his history with Tottenham. And I think he tends to be really up for those matches. But I just think um, that it kind of got the better of him. There was a couple of attacking op- um, chances that he had, particularly one in the second half, where he should have just gone on and had a strike a goal himself. He's got an absolute rocket on him. Yeah, it can go into kind of row double Z or whatever. But Aguero, use Aguero as the dummy runner. I know Aguero's the better um, player, striker, finisher, whatever. But you can use him as the dummy run to create space for yourself. Maybe move on to your left foot. He's got a good left foot as well. Um, so I if I was him, I would have used that to my advantage. It was a 2 on 2 um, and just have, have, have a go at goal yourself. You almost deserved it. You've literally ran the whole length of the pitch pretty much with the ball. Um, and so, and so, yeah, just, I don't know, just kind of, uh, I don't know. From a, I think an overall, overall performance, um, Walker's wasn't, wasn't too bad. And I think actually he did quite well up against, um, up against, uh, Mora for the, for the most part. Um, but yeah, Mendy on the other side, geez, um, <laughs> Uh, yeah, I think I don't know. Mendy's really weird, isn't he? It's kind of clearly from an attacking sense. 
he's really good, but he's very unconventional. You almost look at him the way he kind of strikes the ball. You think, that doesn't look like that should be a good cross. But, oh, oh no, yeah, no, Aguero's got it. He's in the net or what? You know, it's kind of... It, he's got a very good left foot on him, but he's kind of unconventional. And he's very unconventional when it comes to kind of, you know, being part of the pattern of play as well and building up the play. And you kind of just... I'm actually, a lot of the time, he's the only player where I get a little bit on edge in terms of his just general passing and interplay. And I think he showed that against Liverpool a little bit as well, where he kind of um, had a few of um, straight passes. And he showed that against um, against against Spurs as well. Um, I think particularly that first half, he just looked horrendous. Um, but... He obviously offers City different options, and like we said before, different kind of options in terms of kind of formation and players that you can play ahead of him. So I don't think you can kind of not criticise his selection, but I think he's going to have to up his game. Um, and I don't know whether it's he kind of still a bit rusty from coming back from kind of injury, but he's he was back in kind of May time. So you would like to think that having you know the World Cup and all that kind of training under his belt at the World Cup and all the training and stuff um, under his belt um, from the pre-season, that he kind of should be up to speed by now, but he just doesn't feel like he is. I think he admitted that on his own Twitter page as well, where he's kind of held his, held his hands up and said it, you know, it wasn't his best performance, but I think any any idiot could probably see that. Um, but I just think, yeah, that, that game um, against Spurs is just a really overall strong performance. Um, and we'll look back on that and think, you know what, that was that was kind of like a game of champions. That was, you know, Spurs gave us a really good, um, a, a, a really good fight. Um, could have got something from it. I think it probably would have been a little bit harsh on City, but generally these matches, these big matches, especially when they are very close like that, kind of they 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 kind of they hold sway on whether you know how good your finishing is and how clinical we are. They weren't clinical. We were. We had that one chance. Um, we put it away, and, and that's it. Really, it's kind of you know end of story. So I think Spurs fans can probably look forward to hopefully a, you know a good season. I know they haven't kind of bought anyone. They've got their stadium troubles, but I think they're probably the best team that we've come up against so far. Um, that's give us a really good game. So I think you know they they play like that against everyone else. I think they should give themselves a really good chance of um, of being uh, being in the top four. But you just never know. Obviously, they haven't got the squad depth that other, other teams have got. Um, but who knows anyway you know but I'll back on to see obviously you know we go top not joint top top goal difference top um and yeah just a really um just I don't know just kind of like I said I, I at the moment especially with kind of pep teams I always feel really confident um we've got uh, the league cup game um on Thursday and obviously I, I expect a totally different team um against Fulham at the Etihad um we'll see if that if that it's the case, but I, I do expect a totally different team. Um, I expect, like we said before, and I, I kind of quite like to kind of have a little focus on Foden, um, just so I think he is going to be that special and that good for City in the future. Um, but yeah, so it'd be nice to it'd be nice to see um, see Foden get a run out. Obviously, he was on the bench against Spurs, didn't get on the pitch, um, so it'd be nice to kind of get get some real kind of positive minutes for him um and then all the other ones i mean you know potentially even play someone like mendy i think he's you know he's got the he's he's got the athleticism um and just give him a game give him a game where he's going to be you know be able to kind of show what he's got going forward and i know it's only a few days after after that game we've got kind of southampton at the weekend 
but I just kind of feel like he's, you know, he, he just he just needs the games. I think for me, I think he's still a bit rusty, and I think someone like um, like Mendy can't play rusty if that makes sense. Um, he can't play when he he needs um, some some additional game time. So. So yeah, I think it'll be nice to kind of see a totally different team um, against against Fulham. Hopefully, you know something. Um, you know some of the, the, the first team players were given a you know clearly given a rest, um, and and some of uh, some of the kind of players that have been on the bench recently. Um, be nice to kind of give them give them a little run out, and I'm particularly looking forward to hopefully seeing kind of Foden being one of those, and perhaps even Diaz as well. Um, I know there's strong links in kind of leaving City um, and unfortunately I think is I think for me youngsters like Diaz who are not like you know the second coming of Messi um, you know I think some people like to kind of kind of think he was or whatever but he just you know he just wasn't he was never going to be that player he just needs um, and he's only 18 of course so he needs you know he needs every, every young player needs time needs time on the pitch or whatever but I just kind of feel like he probably just needs a loan or a permanent move just elsewhere for two or three seasons and he'll show what a, you know a good player he is um, even someone like you know go back you know someone like Zidane probably one of the best players there's ever been like in the top kind of five or ten players that's ever been on a football pitch um, he didn't kind of light up the world when he was when he was kind of 18 19 um, you know, he got he got a he, he got a move to Juventus in his kind of early twenties. Played there for a few seasons. Did obviously did really well, and then got the move to Juve when he was kind of in I think it was like late twenties, early thirties. So, you know, even even someone like like Zidane, one of the best players, um, like I said, that we've pretty much ever seen. Um, he he needed time. Um, so it's not always going to be the case that you're like kind of messy or whatever, or and you you know you come onto the scene, you're absolutely amazing. And even someone like kind of Ronaldinho, for instance, he was at Gremio doing really well. Obviously, then um, uh, wasn't it Paris Saint Germain? I think um, bought him. That's obviously when PSG weren't the PSG that they are now. Um, so sometimes these players just need time. So uh, I would give um, Diaz time, and perhaps he just did, does need to go out maybe a season loan or something like that, or perhaps maybe get some money for him. Um, I think perhaps his contract's running out, so that's kind of the um, part of the problem that we've got. But. Um, and obviously, I think there were rumours as well that Juventus coming in for Foden. So I just can't see it. It's just you know, it's just ridiculous, really, isn't it? Let's be honest. You know, you kind of your boyhood club absolutely loves City. Um, you know, he got his first, basically got one. You know, whether you agree that he kind of played the part that he <laughs> the enough part to, to win a kind of a League Cup medal or a Premier League medal is by the by. End of those, those are the rules, and he's got a League Cup and a champion and, and a Premier League. Um, medal and this season Pep said he's going to get more game time he is getting more game time so um, you can't argue with that I'm sure Foden would like to have more game time but realistically as long as we stay in competitions like the League Cup and the FA Cup and go deep and even in the Champions League for instance um, I think he's gonna he's gonna get more game time and I think he'll get game time against some of the lower opposition hopefully I'd imagine he'll get you know as long as we're kind of two three nil up um, I don't think he's going to start against Southampton, but I think if we are 2 3 0 up, he'll come on with kind of half an hour, 20 minutes to go. And I think that's going to be good enough. It's good, going to be good enough for his progression. So, um, yeah, just um, I'm quite confident of getting the match against Fulham. I think um, Jukanovic will probably make quite a few changes for the, to the Fulham side. I don't think the League Cup's going to be high on their priority list. 
Um, so you'll probably see quite a few of the kind of the, the I think there's a few good Fulham youngsters coming through, so you'll probably see a few of them. Um, and it'd be nice to see a bit of a change, change, change lineup. A few of the kind of the old heads, like Ottomendi and company, who haven't been um, given too much game time recently. Um, and then youngsters like kind of Diaz and Foden as well. It'd be nice to nice to see them. Um, but yeah, and obviously we, I didn't really do um, a review or a podcast due to kind of um, things going on with their family and things, but didn't do a review of the Shakhtar match, but just a quick one from that. I mean, anyone that saw that match um, just realised just how good and how dominant we were on, on, you know, on, that, on that day. Um, I think Pep said it was the best performance or something that he'd seen um, since, his, since his arrival at the club. Um, and I have to agree, it is it, it, it you know okay the opposition people might point to saying it wasn't the greatest opposition, but it's always difficult going away to Ukraine. Okay, yeah, it wasn't in their um, in their in their main stadium because of what's everything that's going on in Ukraine still at the moment. But going away to someone like that in the Champions League is is always tough. It just always is. Um, anyone that's kind of followed City in the Champions League for all these seasons now will realise that kind of going away anywhere is just it's just tough. You know, whether you're going to Villarreal, you're going to Napoli, or you're going to Bayern Munich, or um, or even Shakhtar Donetsk, it's they're just tough games. They just are. When you go away, look at Tottenham. You know, at the at the, at the midweekend's PSV, you know, pretty much dominated that match, but um, but couldn't get that result due to um, yeah, a bit of a kind of lorry's mess up. But yeah, so I think. Um, it was just it was just so impressive that match the way that we kind of won the ball back the one we, we dominated the chances we created and yes they did have kind of a couple of chances but um you kind of expect that from a team that are home we're playing the champions league as well um but it was just just yeah really really positive overall in terms of and i think it just set us up nicely for the tottenham match um puts us top of the champions league group and just yeah i'm just really um, positive about the whole season, pretty much, and just how things are going to kind of play out and pan out. We've got, you know, um, Southampton at home in the weekend. It's always nice to get one over on Mark Hughes, um, and just you know, because he's a bit, a bit of a bitter old red, and he, despite being our former manager, he's just a bit, a bit weird. Obviously, it wasn't great the way it ended up, but actually, in hindsight, because the, he's actually like a bit of an idiot since. Um, it's always nice to get one over one over Hughes. I can't see us struggling against Southampton. Um, I mean, you never know. Obviously, match to match, it's the Premier League. These things happen, but I just can't. I just can't see us struggling against Southampton. Um, so yeah, I expect a, a, a good League Cup win. I think again, that's going to be close. Obviously, with the rules now, where it goes straight to penalties after ninety minutes, that's an interesting kind of um, situation um, where it almost like forces you to go for the game within the ninety minutes. So you know, if it is close. Do you really want it going down to the kind of the lottery of the penalties on the, on the 90th minute? But we've been there before. We've done it before last year against obviously against Leicester. Bravo kind of got us out of a bit of a hole with it into the penalty shootout. So um, so you never know. But yeah, just wanted um, a quick review of that shot time match. Just it was just beautiful to watch. It was it was great. It was kind of pure pep football. Um, and I think one of these days when we're really really clinical and there will be one of these days and I know it kind of happened a few times against kind of Stoke last season and even against Liverpool when they're down to 10 men last season there's been a few games even a couple this season where we have kind of hit our straps what I mean really hit our straps I mean like finishing pretty much almost on every chance that we have because we create so many chances I don't know how many good chances it was against Shakhtar but it was ridiculous it was over like 20 something chances it was just crazy I think when we do finish our chances one of these days 
we are going to absolutely smash Santi. I think I can possibly see us breaking the the Premier League record for goals. I think the, I think United have got it against. Uh, was that like Derby or Ipswich or something like that or against Barnsley or something? It was one of those kind of um, one of those teams. But yeah, they kind of hit somebody for ten, didn't they? I think Spurs also hit somebody for like Wigan or something ten, didn't they? Or something. But anyway. Um, so yeah, so um, I was just thinking if we kind of hit our straps, like, you know, we played so well against Shakhtar, I think the only thing missing was the kind of being really, really clinical. Um, you know, Mares clearly could have had a couple of goals. Um, but anyway, you know, it's just, it's kind of one of those things. I think as long as we're winning, not too concerned. Um, but I think that's kind of the one thing. So almost like, feel like, feels like being greedy as a City fan, but just, yeah, you just kind of want... Um, almost to kind of prove the domination or have the domination that they've almost that they've had and they deserve if that makes sense but yeah anyway um, so yeah just uh, yeah looking forward to the match on Thursday be interested to see what kind of lineup he puts out I want to see a few youngsters in there particularly the likes of Foden and then it's on to the match against Sunday um, against Southampton well, to be honest I think it's going to be an easy win um, but yeah but like I said who knows in the Premier League but yeah um, but but yeah that's um I think that's kind of it. It'd be interesting to see, and then if anyone saw, um, I missed it when I was watching the match, but um, the kind of the Mendy swing, um, like the haymaker <laughs> he did against Lamella. I think Lamella's kind of like, almost like tapping him in the back of the head or doing something really weird, kind of annoying him. Um, and he's just absolutely swung for him. But on a, a couple of replays, because you get, there's a couple of angles, and one looks like he's absolutely swung for him, and the other one, the reverse angle, kind of looks like he's just kind of swinging and just like, you know, get out of my face kind of thing and not actually swung for the punch. It'll be interesting to see what the FA does about that because there could be, even though he hasn't connected, I think there is kind of, in, it looks like they a possibility could of intent there. So it'll be interesting to see if the FA actually do anything about that. Um, but um, I don't know. I don't, it'll be, it'll be, it'll be a, a bit of a shame for Mendy because like I said, I think he just need games. And I think if they're going to ban him for one or two matches or whatever, if, they, if that's what they can do, then I think that will be a bit of a shame um, shame for Mendy. Um, for me, Zinchenko's looked really good this season when he's played. I don't really know what's going to happen to him. I know he's not really um, a left-back kind of by trade, but for me, he does really well. He keeps the ball. I think, you know, in terms of keeping the ball and that kind of pep-keep ball, he's much better at it than... Um, than Mendy, but clearly Mendy is more of an athlete, and he kind of, like Walker is on the on the right hand side, gives you that kind of frees up your wingers to kind of come inside. And I think that's why Pep at the moment is inverting the wingers, like Sterling on the left, Mara's on the right, so they can kind of cut in. It creates more bodies centrally, not only for the interplay, but also to kind of confuse defenders, have those runners, have players like Silva and De Bruyne be able to kind of pick them out. So it you know it all makes sense. Um, but so it'd be a bit of a shame if Mendy does get um, get banned for that. So it'd be interesting to see what happens. So we'll kind of review that next time, depending on what the the FA if they choose to kind of review that footage, because clearly the ref didn't see it. And if the ref didn't see it, then they um, they can take action um, if the ref doesn't put it in his report. And I don't think he did. So so yeah, it'd be interesting to kind of see that. But yeah, um, oh yeah, so like I said, full uh, full match coming up this week. Um, Southampton match on Sunday um, we'll do another episode I think after those matches reviewing those matches 
Um, so it'd be good to kind of review a couple of matches, see how kind of City have got on. But yeah, at the moment, we're sitting pretty. Uh, top of the league on goal difference against, um, against Liverpool. Um, and yeah, just coming up to a really kind of interesting um, uh, kind of lo- load of fixtures. We've obviously got the return leg against Shakhtar um, the day before my birthday, actually, on the 7th of November. And then... The, it always seems to play United around my birthday. I, think, I don't think that's a coincidence, but it's just weird. It always, always tends to be early November. Um, and then, yeah, the United match um, at home in the Premier League, and then we were away to West Ham at the end of November, and then we are away to Lyon right at the end of November, which is going to be really interesting. Um, so hopefully we've got three points against Shakhtar, and we can kind of... Um, uh, finish top of the group like a second thing that's going to be really important but yeah just a few kind of really interesting matches coming up especially around kind of like the Christmas time I think in this, when we move into December we've got like Chelsea Hoffenheim Everton um, in, in in a row which are not going to be kind of the easiest of fixtures but uh, but who knows anyway so um, so yeah that's it for now uh, thanks for listening for another episode we'll have another episode released next week um, I'm Peter you can um, get in contact with me we do have at Man City Voice um, podcast um, handle on Twitter or you can kind of message me directly if you want to kind of thoughts and feelings about how City are getting on um, or just respond to some of the, the tweets and things that are sent out um, and that is uh, my own personal account which is at SoccerPM um, so yeah get in, get in contact uh, it'd be nice to hear from you so um, that's it for now and I'll see you in an episode, another episode cheers everyone bye